Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, Kyle Stutzer, back again with the Culture Talks. And guess what, man? Look, I'm going to start every podcast out with this because I promised y'all I would have more guests on here, and I've been coming through in the clutch. So shout out to me. Live high five. Yes. All right. If you guys are interested in listening to a podcast with somebody that is successful, intelligent, Dope, huge Chiefs fan, supporter of the Chiefs, just just the overall, you know, intelligent baller gentleman, please continue to tap into this podcast. So with that being said, we have Ryan George here today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother. Hey, what's up? I'm Ryan George. Uh, lived in Kansas City my whole life. Uh, huge Chiefs fan, huge fan, huge fan of the city. Um entrepreneur, real estate entrepreneur for the last uh, full time for the last almost year, about coming up on a year since I quit my uh, corporate job with the railroad uh, to go full time. Before that, I've been doing it about uh, three years while working full time and doing that whole, you know, work all day, then go work all night type of grind and and just killing myself slowly. So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, I'm just I'm just trying to do, you know, what I want to do, live, live how I want to live. So you say you're a Kansas City born and raised, right? Uh, born in Oklahoma, born but in raised Oklahoma. in Oklahoma since I was, or in Kansas City since I was about three. Nice. Where'd you go to school at, like high school? Uh, Olathe South. Nice. I got, I got kicked out of high school uh, my, my junior year. Um, actually, you know, my, my those middle teenage years, I was a pretty good basketball player, played the whole, whole AAU ball and stuff like that. And then uh, oh, I saw the pictures on your page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could hoop a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Classic, you know, six foot three white guy shoot threes, play no defense. You know, you know, <laughs> that's how we do it. Hey, if you can hit those threes, every team well, needs everybody them. needs you. Yes, but uh, yeah, man, I grew up around here in Olathe. Um, got in a, got started getting in a lot of trouble in high school. Went through that patch. Uh, got sent away for a little bit when I was seventeen. Um, came back, got into the, you know working full time jobs and, and trying to just you know live life. Had a kid when I was. Uh, 20 she was born when I was 20 she's 14 now um you know did the whole working thing worked at, uh delivering beer for Budweiser I uh did that for seven years and I went to the railroad for another six years just I found out real real soon that just making a decent living wasn't for me uh it's not, not even the money I was so unfulfilled by these jobs just clocking in you know to clock out and counting the hours of your day and counting the hours of your life man that's not that's not why we are here at all, at all. I have a quick question though, because I've heard of a, a, a few people who have, like, I've heard of a few people who have worked for the railroad. What exactly does that look like, or what did you do uh, specifically? I had a friend who's a uh, like uncle, like retired with the railroad, and I never even understood like what does it mean to work for the railroad. I don't know. I mean, it sounds kind of obvious, but at the same time, go ahead. I mean, you. it sounds uh, honestly like it, it is a good job. It's not a bad job. It's it's not a place to work. It's a union job. Um, so I was a mechanical shop laborer. So basically the mechanical shop is kind of like the ugly stepchild on the railroad. That's where like the broken locomotives go to get fixed or tuned up, whatever. Um, and as a laborer, my job was to just clean up around the shop, which is a big shop, a lot of oil, a lot of grease, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and like move locomotives. So we would either drive or you'd like ride on the front and, you know, change switches, that, that sort of stuff. So basically you're out in the cold all the time, out in the hot all the time. It's hot or cold in the shop, one or the other. Uh, but honestly, you think in 
<clears throat> excuse me. Oh man, this is going to be so much work. I'm going to work so hard. Man, you get there. It's a union job. So basically everything you do, you're working really slow and taking your time. If you're working at all, you're hiding, you know, it's just not how I wanted to live my life. Like it was just like you go to a place you don't, nobody wants to be and you try to avoid work at all costs mm-hmm. and just get through your eight hours. And it's just, you know, it wasn't sitting well. And I started to kind of get into depression and, and things like that and just miserable. And, and I, I, you know, came across some books and got into some, you know, kind of personal growth and, you know, was like, I got to do something. I got to figure something out, you know, cause I, no matter what, you know, if you're at a job, you make 50 grand. Okay. You're probably still broke. You make 60 grand, you're probably still broke. You get up to 80, 90 grand, you're probably still broke. You're just going to keep spending the money. Like it's because you have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to do. Right. You go to work, you hate your life and you spend your money. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's a, it's a cycle. Yeah. It's brutal. It's and then, super. and then you got to write, write a, a request to some idiot to ask if you can take your vacation days. Like, <laughs> yo, I want to go yeah. see my daughter cheerlead. Right. That's the can crazy. I can I please no That's the you craziest kidding me? thing to me. That's the craziest thing to me. I think that like me like as a young person, I think that's like what I tapped into like why I want to be an entrepreneur, why I want to like figure out how to like build my own wealth, build my own own life is because of exactly what you just said. Is I, somebody said that in like a like an interview, you know, a personal development like video I was watching, they were like asking for permission to go to your daughter's recital or something. And I was like, yo, honestly, that is really, it's stupid. That's crazy as hell. It's stupid, man. That's hella crazy. I would rather you fire me. And honestly, that was the last straw um, at my job. I, I was on, I was asking for a day off to go to a real estate event in Mm -hmm. Phoenix. And uh, you know, these are like high level events with high level people. I Mm -hmm. I paid $5,000 to go. Like you, you, I was going, like I already paid, I'm going. Right. And I go and give the dude the slip. He's like, oh, man, there's got a lot of people off this day. I was like, cool, well, I'm going. <laughs> and then I actually texted my boss and quit from that, from the event on the ballroom floor. Said, hey, man, appreciate it. You know, you've always been pretty good to me. You know, thanks for the you know opportunity, And uh, but I won't be back. No two weeks. Two weeks are – that's – I mean, there's no bridge to burn. Right. There's really not. Yeah, Who cares? Right. Yeah. So I'll is. take the scraps and build a boat. Right. Plus, like if you're I kind of looked at that the same in terms of the two week things, like if you were a good person at the end of the day, which I already get I, like they don't want you there. Right. After two weeks. Right. What am I going to do for two weeks? After right. Because once they know that they're going to do one of two things, they're going to either be like you're pretty much they're going to be sending you home. At least this was my experience so far. They're either going to be sending you home early most of the days or they're going to be like, are you sure you want to quit? Or it sucks that you're leaving trying to like guilt trip you into staying. Or they're just like gonna be like negative the whole time. So it's just like, bro, look, I'm I'm done with this job. I don't, you yeah. know, shake like, hands, go shake on hands, your way. Appreciate you. I might go out the way to like, you know, get some of these shifts covered if you already have me scheduled. But besides that, like, I got to get my life going. Yeah, yeah it's pretty- <laughs> but, So speaking of that though, like, do you, would you say that? I mean, you were already saying you were kind of on your like last like legs with that job. But would you say that when you went to that real estate? uh uh, event that there was something like inspirational that just like was like why the fuck am I here anymore at this job like let me cut it now yeah so um I had met this dude and, and I, I actually decided to go to this event kind of last minute um it was around this time uh it was early February um last year I went to an event of a guy named Mark Evans DM the DM stands for deal maker uh it's it's you know on Instagram it's at Mark Evans DM 
very great guy, very like giving person. And he's a genuine, genuine man. He's, he's a, a beast, an absolute business beast. And I went to his event and, and uh, he told me on the phone when I talked to him before, he said, and it was a small thing, but he said, uh, we're going to figure out what we got to do to get you out of there, you know, to get you, to get you where you need to be, to get, get you out of the railroad. And again, when I met him in person at his place in Florida, you know, Hey, you know, what do we got to do to get you out of there? And I still was like, well, I don't know. Um, and I met a, another dude down there at his event. Just the, the networking of these events is it's priceless. Uh, his name's uh, Donovan Ruffin, uh, young dude, like 25 years old. His, his wholesaling business is nationwide. They do like a million a month almost probably between I bet they're doing between 700 to a million a month in, in total sale, wholesale fees. But, um, you know, he's got a whole sales room. It's like boiler room. It's crazy. And he's uh, at the Donovan Ruffin on Instagram. But he um, he he got on stage at this bigger event and said, uh, you know, just kind of got emotional, like about putting people on and, and, you know, creating opportunity and, you know, how that's what drives him is creating opportunities for others to win, putting other people in a place to grow and win and get better and, and support their family. And, and it, it like actually made me get emotional. Like I started thinking like, that's what I want. It's not necessarily that I love real estate. I do enjoy what I do, but I want to create so much opportunity for so much, so many other people to win that I can create that legacy. You know what I mean? Like, like there's certain things like people can like hate on corporations like Walmart or whatever, all you want, but you know how many mouths those people have fed like through, through employment facts. You know what I mean? Like that is big. Like that is big, man. And when you can say, if you have 20 employees that you all like, everybody's eating, everybody's winning, everybody's doing great, you know, and and like they can come to you and, and you can help them. They can help you. I mean, that's why we're here. You know what I mean? Not everybody's meant to like be the boss of something, but you know, we're all meant to work together and grow and get better and, you know, support each other. And facts. A a united front is always going to be the strongest situation. I always used to say, like, although this is like, this sounds super utopian, like it's impossible, but I always like in my head think like, yo, imagine if somehow, some way, obviously it sounds very difficult or I don't know, maybe impossible, but somehow, some way, all of the like most powerful countries in the world. So America, of course, the um, Russia, China, like these places. What if we all like somehow had a good relationship and we were able to like unite? Imagine the crazy innovation that could happen, like ridiculous innovation, oh, like yeah, like and, and and too much money involved, right? <laughs> Facts, too much money involved for that to actually happen. But like, imagine just anything. It's like if you unite with people and your goal is to like serve another person, then it's that that becomes reciprocal on on both sides they want to serve you they want to serve someone else because they saw how you helped them and how that brought their life up then they want to do this and like you were saying if you're able to put food in people's mouths and like change people's lives and especially with like and watch them grow and watch them grow get confident you know when you teach somebody you know you bring somebody in and you can train them and watch them grow and get confident i mean dude it's it's incredible you know, I mean, that's what that's the point. And maybe maybe watch like you'll, you'll hear like the negative things, that the habits that people say and like, you know, they just shoot things down. And then slowly but surely you watch that mindset start to change mm-hmm. and grow and then they'll start to do better, more positive. You know what I mean? It's just it's really good. 
and and indirectly you're affecting like you know you're affecting the other people in their life changing the whole family the whole situation and even outside of their family like think about like friends you used to hang out with that were like super negative and they really brought your energy down if the person who's like somebody they work for or are you know somebody that they're inspired by like changes their life and they start changing up now they're changing up how they're how they uh act in certain environments and the people in those environments are now affected by that which is you know you know, mm-hmm. it's like a ripple effect. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, I do want to rewind a little bit. Um, tell me, tell me, what was your that your earliest memory of what you wanted to be when you were older? Man, honestly, uh, and it was actually written down. <laughs> it was like first grade. I think I I put that I wanted to be a trash man. A trash. <laughs> uh, like for real, like Facts. which is funny because I was actually like basically a trash man at the railroad, but but like I, I don't know why it was probably I saw the dude riding on the truck. Mm-hmm. He thought it was funny yeah, or no. cool. It, it was hella dope when yeah. when I was a kid. I thought that was cool. Yeah, you know, in the big truck. Uh, you know, it was either like, but for real, like I mean, it was never anything but sports. Like I never wanted to do anything but play sports. And then I, you know, it kind of hit me a little later on. I started going to these big basketball tournaments and realizing that, like, you know man, there's a lot of really good people at basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a, a lot, lot of really good. Especially when you hit those AAU tournaments. Yeah, so we went to nationals to a few times, and, and they do the, did a thing, like a little summit thing, and basically broke down that like it's like less than 1% of, of all players in the country will, will be able to play Division One basketball. And it was like, whew, you know, you don't ever think about that. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like, okay, and I know – you know, looking back, I wasn't I wasn't willing to put in the work when I was a kid to to get to where my goals would be, and and so, but yeah, I mean, it was always sports uh, basically, and then it was just never new. I never, you know, had a realistic idea of like, oh, this is my dream job. You know, not really. It was kind of aimlessly wandering. Facts. Probably most of us. I, yeah, I was about to say. I think like feel like we always have like maybe a we kind of know what we like, but we don't know where that, like how to go down that path. Like I, I know for me, like it was the same thing when I was younger, it was like firefighter. And then I was like, Oh, I don't want to be a firefighter. And then after that it was sports from then on out. Once I started playing sports, I was like first sport soccer. So I was like obsessed with Ronaldinho and all these, I was like, I'm going to be the next David Beckham, but like that, the Amer- the American version. <laughs> and then, and then after that it was basketball and I was like, Oh, I'm about to be LeBron. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was football and I was like, oh, I'm definitely Ray Lewis. <laughs> and so yeah. it was like, it was like this. And then when you graduate high school and you're like, oh shit, I'm not in Division One. Yeah. I'm not here. You're Uh-oh. like, well, I guess I'll just get a random job, secure yeah. this bag. And then most people will get caught up in that and stay there until they're 90. Get the job, the benefits, mm-hmm. and the blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the health insurance. And then they, just like you were saying, clock in, can't wait to clock out, clock out, go home, use the money that they just got to buy some groceries, a couple beers, nice TV to watch at home, and then they repeat. It's for, a legit rat race. It's, it's the lead, like so crazy it's how real it is, wheel. though. It's so real. Like you, you'll see it in your friends, families. Like you just go visit right now. We went and knocked on somebody's door. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I just got off work here and just watching TV till my next shift in a couple of hours. That's why social media is the killer to a working man because. Like you just look and see what everybody has, what everybody's doing, and we're all stunting on there. Everybody, I don't care. We all do it. Thanks. You know, I mean, I, it's literally, you know, I might post something that's like tries to sound humble or whatever, but like, you know, then I'm posting pictures of the family in Mexico. Well, the guy that is at my old job, he's looking like, well, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like, damn, why can't I go on these vacations? Why? I was, I, that's honestly like how all this started. I was so sick of feeling that way. I was so sick of feeling like crap about myself 
from from like you know wake up in the morning work your butt off go work overtime can't get ahead you know as soon as you pay a bill then some some sort of crazy thing happens you that you got to pay 500 bucks for you know what i mean and it's like you just can never win. You can't ever get ahead. You know, can't go to a Chiefs game, AFC Championship game if you want to, or if you do, it's all your money. Yep, and they'll set you back. It's set you back six months. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you think that? How did you shift that though? Like, because you said you were in that Practice. same place. So yeah, dive into that a little bit though. So like one thing about me, um, I don't, I don't, um, in like a week it'll be seven years I haven't drank. I'll be sober seven years. No, you know, drinks, drugs, yeah. whatever. Right. And no, uh, I was always able to like walk that line of like I never like lost my job and those things and lost my house, but I was on the verge of like losing everything that mattered to me uh, through my drinking. And you know, it was like a it was a slow downward spiral of just a mess, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was becoming just I was becoming some, a version of myself that I I didn't like and I didn't enjoy. And nobody really liked me or enjoyed me, you know, come to find out you just to looking back. And uh, once I got sober, I actually sought out help, man. Um, I went and started seeing a counselor like on my own for myself a couple times a week, uh, which, you know, most people maybe not want to do that. But I mean, we all need a coach, period. Like, I don't care who you are. Everyone. Everybody needs a coach. And at that time, I really badly, desperately needed a coach, man. Like I was in a really, really rough spot um, and I knew it. And, and, you know, you still got to show up to work every day. You still got to show up every day. That's the thing. You got to show up in those rough times. You can't just stop. So I started getting help um, and just little things, man. YouTube played a big part in it, believe it or not, man. I would just find little YouTube videos. I found it, uh, you know, Eric Thomas. I don't know if yeah, yeah, love that, Eric Thomas. like those kind of it's videos, man. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And I, there was a couple of his videos I would watch literally every morning, every single morning. I kid you not to, uh, I would, literally like in tears you know what i mean like to just to get out of bed and then it was like you know i might read a book or whatever but it was just little steps like that like uh you know i started to buy into the stuff i started to really buy into it and get addicted to it which you know it then you can't go back it's like once you go down that wormhole man you ain't going back the other way Fact. you know i'm human i have days whatever but uh you know the the once you you got to just fully commit to that mindset and, and working on it and training it and, and you know, getting away from the other yeah, crap. It's a, it's training camp. That's what somebody always refers it to. Life is training camp, but especially moments like that are like true training camp. Then the rest of your might be the game time or whatever, but training camp is where you got to like lock in. I think you made like a really good point there where it was just like little small things. And it's like uh, very small, like building small habits or starting small and just having small goals that you, okay, I woke up and I was able to stay positive one today. Thing. Like one thing, or I was able to smile at one person today. And you just start there. Once you. I asked a stranger how their day was simple. Exactly. Uh, or, or, you know what? I just anything like, you know, uh, for me, I spent, you know, I used to, I'd be like, all right, I'll call a few people from Craigslist on these houses mm-hmm. and just see, you know, just, just see it. But, and the thing is just do it, just do it, do it, do it. It's just like going to the gym. I mean, it is like training camp. That's where you grow the most. It's uncomfortable. It's terrible. You know, it's hard. It's the stuff nobody sees and, and it's not really great. It's lonely, man. I, I don't, I lost, like I lost all my friends. I gave up everything. Like when I decided I'm done drinking, I just stopped going out. I don't drink. Like I, you know, I, I do my thing and I, I live for myself first. 
and I have a wife and two kids, but I live for myself first because if I'm not right, then nobody in my household is going to be Thanks. right. So, and I I don't mean that selfishly, but you got to be selfish a little bit. Right. You do. You got to take care of yourself. You got to have your mind right. You got to be doing what you love. This isn't like life is not really a team sport. Like we want to think it is, but it's really not like, you know, you can have your team and you can take care of each other and love each other. But first it's an individual sport. You got to go out there and fight every day for yourself before you can fight for anybody else. It's like that. It's that cliche saying where they say, if you, you know, if you can't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? If you don't know how to love yourself, how can you love anyone else? So I think it's like the same thing goes for when, you know, like you were just mentioning right there. If you, you, you focus on yourself, you focus on building yourself, you come first, loving yourself, caring for yourself. And when you can do that for yourself, you're in a better place and you know how to do that for other people. So that's a, that's a very, very good point. Um, so what was it about real estate that, 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 that caught your eye. So you said you started, you technically started about three, four years ago, right? Yeah, I think four. Yeah, so about four years ago, what was it that caught your eye that made you interested in dabbling or doing more research about the real estate game? So um, this is is like the craziest, weirdest story. Um, Me and my wife, we have like a bunch of pet pigs. Like it started out with one pet pig, right, at my house. I had a tiny little pet pig and now he's huge. But um, it's weird. It's like you started. I started to, the t- the moment the time that happened in my life was you know I was kind of down and and I don't know man. It just kind of made me realize like like you can love something other than that everybody else thinks is weird. You know what I mean? It kind of I, I I was referred to as like misfits. Like you know I felt like that because I just quit drinking not too long ago and felt lonely. And then people would be like, why you got a pig? That's like that's gross, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't even know anything about it. Well, I started like learning that people would get them and then get rid of them, you know, pretty quick after they started to grow and mess stuff up. Right. And so me and my wife, we are our goal and our dream was to get like a farm and rescue uh, animal rescue, you know, animal rescue. Right. And uh, <laughs> we looked into some stuff and I, I like had a realtor come by and see what I could get from my house. And man, like at the current time, like I couldn't have even got what I paid for it. And uh, I had no money you know what I mean? To fix anything up. So I'm like, I was like so defeated, bro. Like literally when he left that day, like I literally like cried, like I literally by myself sat in the house and cried, like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to make this happen? Like I've been working so hard at my job overtime. How am I supposed to do this? And, uh, you know, I reached out to that realtor who's super successful. Like, I think he makes like 4.5 million a year. So silly. It's ridiculous. Um, Shout out to Brian Huff, Keller Williams, Kansas City. He's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, he reminded me that my buddy I grew up with had uh, been doing this thing called wholesaling mm-hmm. and, and doing well. He'd been doing it for, you know, several years at that point. And uh, so I just reached out and I'd actually talked to him about it before, you know, and, and just I was busy at my job, you know, I was doing OK. So but I reached out to him and he sent me a few things, an ebook and some podcasts to listen to. He says, spend about a month with this stuff. And then if you're still interested, just, you know, I don't want you wasting my time. Cool. So like in two weeks, man, I was like, yo, I'm ready. What do I got to do? And that, that was it. Like, it wasn't necessarily real estate, man. It was just like the opportunity. Like I felt I, I've done like every multi-level marketing. <laughs> I sold the Cutco knives. I've done it. I've done it all. I sold life insurance, but I love the chance for opportunity because I am a hard worker and I can do stuff. I've just never like put all my heart and soul into 
actual like making money before an actual business. So it, I don't think it, it wasn't real estate. It was just like the right thing at the right time, you know, and at the right time for me, like I was willing to die before I'd fail at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is just desperation kind of thing. Hmm. Sorry. You, you talk real well. So I'll be like tapped in. I'll be like in there. So I'm really appreciating this conversation. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're enjoying this conversation so far, do not forget to like, comment and leave a review because that is the only way the podcast can grow. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what does real estate offer that other careers don't? Oh man, so many ways to skin the cat. I mean, that's, there's literally countless ways to get paid in this game. Like I don't have any licenses, none. I've done, you know, probably a hundred plus transactions and, you know, I don't have any licenses and I've made a lot of money and I can make more money on a lot of deals than a realist, uh, realtor would make, you know, and I don't have to drive around listening to people's corny dreams from HGTV and all this stuff uh, that I don't, I don't care about, you know? And, and also on the other hand, like I do get to help people. A lot of people think that, you know, what I do is called wholesaling and what, what they think is that I'm going to be lowballing and, and just like trying to rip people off and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, yeah, I'm going to be offering a low price, but people are in situations where they need help. And, and, you know, a traditional real estate agent most of the time can't help them at all. They don't know how. They just see a crappy house and then they're going to list it too high. And that person's still going to be paying a mortgage or still going to be paying taxes, whatever. And then the thing's just going to be sitting. Right. And then by the time it's done, my offer is going to be even lower because you're coming back, you know? So, uh, what people what people fail to realize is like I am helping people and and just I'm I happen to be prepared to help you in a way that you know most people may not understand or agree with but you know that's what I'm here for you know and we're gonna try and some people don't listen some people do but you know it, it, there's just so many ways man you can the, the working man this is a thing that the working man can do without much money they can they can invest get a lot of homes. And you're, you know, you can build wealth, you can build a, a portfolio worth millions of dollars, you know, slowly, but steadily, consistently. So I'm going to ask you a yes or no question, and then we're going to dive into more detail onto, into it in a part two of this podcast. But is it possible? You, you already answered this, but I just want to confirm. Is it possible to get into real estate without a real estate license? Yes, is it possible to make money in real estate without a real estate license and without a lot of money? Yes. I had none. I had none. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that. And we're going to dive deeper into that. He's going to share. I'm going to ask some more questions. We're going to learn about how you can do that. Tune in. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back in just a few moments. Thank you guys for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from the break. You know, we had to get some water and, you know, utilize the break. Um, so before we went on break, we asked Ryan, is it possible to get into real estate without a real estate license? And the answer was yes. Can you dive in a little bit deeper about what that process looks like? How can somebody get into real estate without a real estate license? Um, there's actually a lot of ways, um, depending on what avenue, if you want to be active, actively pursuing like, uh, you know, just 
one check at a time. Um, if you're looking to, you know, get mailbox money, which would be being a landlord or, or whatever owning property that you collect rent on every month. Uh, there's a lot of ways to make money though. So, so what I do personally is it's called wholesaling. Um, with wholesaling, all I'm doing is looking for distressed sellers. Uh, and I can basically do this anywhere, you know, where houses are, but I'm any neighborhood, any area, whatever. Um, I'm looking uh, for distressed sellers and I'm looking to get their house under contract for well below market value. And, you know, after I do that, uh, the contract states that I can, you know, find an end buyer for that house. So say if I got a house under contract for 30,000 and I find a buyer for 40,000, then I will get that $10,000 check at closing from the title company. And is that, that's called an assignment, an fee. assignment fee. Gotcha. Yeah. We assign our contract to the, to the buyer and uh, yeah, they pay our assignment fee. Okay. So how is that? So when you, when you sign the contract, so you offer them this amount and they agree to it, you, do you have to pay them right there and then you get, or like, how exactly does that work? Cause that's a little confusing to some people. So like me, I kind of understand it. Cause I've been doing the, watching these YouTube videos, but exactly how does that work? Like, so, um, when I get the house under contract, um, basically most things are done digitally now, unless they're super old or whatever. And then, you know, I'll deliver a contract or I have somebody deliver a contract, uh, get it signed. And then we then send it to a title company to open escrow. And then, uh, once it's within the title company, we start searching for the buyer. And uh, we actually, I mean, you can. We've I've done it in the past, but I prefer not to put put uh, earnest money down. Uh, most of the time, within after a certain amount of days, say 10 to 15 days, earnest money becomes non-refundable. Um, and uh, so then if the deal didn't work out, we would just be out money. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do do is we make our buyers put at least $1,000 earnest money in. So, and that's due within 48 hours or, or maybe 24 hours. I can't remember on the, on our uh, contract, uh, make them put that in. And then, you know, they have X amount of days to close. How do you, how do you find buyers? Like what is the process that you, what, like when you were first getting started, what was the process you went about to find buyers for, for, for homes? Yeah. So, so the way I did it, and it's actually probably a lot easier now, uh, this four, a lot has happened in four years, you know, with like Facebook and social media and like meetups and <clears throat> entrepreneurship in itself has like become cool and, you know, all these things. But what I did, I would get a deal and I would just post it on Craigslist. I think Craigslist is kind of a dying thing. Um, it's not what it was for sure. So, <laughs> excuse me that cheesecake got me a little <laughs> hoarse um but but uh yeah i would post them on uh facebook but there's a ton of uh or a uh, craigslist but there's a ton of facebook groups now that are tar uh, geared toward real estate investing so that's a great way i mean you can just go in there and say hey i'm looking for buyers you know in the kansas city metro area could you send me your email and man people send your email like crazy hmm. that's fire because i've been like speaking of Facebook, I've been seeing a lot on, I guess it's called Facebook Marketplace, like mm -hmm. like homes for sale or like, um, and it's funny because it's it's kind of crazy, like how the internet really does track your data. Because like I'll watch YouTube videos about real estate or just like research something in a Google search. Then I'll log into Facebook and then on Facebook, it'll bring up all the houses in sale and like 10 mile radius or something like that. And then it'll bring up all the real estate investing ads and stuff. And it's kind of hilarious how like, Oh, yeah. how that how that works um but but that in itself just shows you how i mean it's hard but how 
quote unquote simple it is if you just like take action to get into something. So it's like, okay, you did the research on it and now there's deals already being like provided to your eyes as soon as you log into your Facebook just because you did some research here. And so if you just took action to call these people or, or looked at who's selling the house or it's found out. It's simple, who, but it's not easy. Not, yeah, go di- dive into like one, what what is, let me make it more specific. What is probably the number one or top two most difficult things about wholesaling? Um, if you could, I'm sure there's a hundred, but like if you could dive into like the top one or two or three you're getting somebody to do what they don't necessarily want to do i mean i'm getting uh you know maybe say typically older people or whatever uh, some sometimes younger younger people don't have as much urgency mm-hmm. you know kind of maybe they can work a little harder i'm, I'm di- a lot of times dealing with tired people you know just sick and tired of messing this is the fifth time this house been torn up by tenants or mm-hmm. whatever it is or you know i broke my whatever during uh whatever. So I couldn't fix the re finish the rehab, you know, things like that. Um, but you're getting people to sell you something for lower than it's worth. I mean, that's not always easy. And then, and then getting them to like not disappear on you and and stuff. I would say number one is just, man, honestly, it's, it's just the consistency, consistency of like, calling and staying on top of it and following up with leads and man you're gonna get your butt kicked every single day like i don't know if how many listeners have had sales jobs but like any if you've worked in a call center environment it is a grind like you want to talk about getting beat up every day man you're gonna get told no so many times you know so it's i would say that's number one is you got to be one to get told no several hundred times before you're going to get told yes but one yes can lead to probably more money than you've ever made at one time in your life. So do you think like, do you think at some point once you've been in the game long enough, like you get used to the nose? Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. I was like, the next, I was talking to one of my friends. uh, So I just moved back from California. One of my friends is a real estate. I don't know. I don't know exactly what he does, but he's in real estate um, in San Diego. And he was just telling me like how many, that's that's the most dense, place for realtors in america oh, i didn't know like that. as far as like <laughs> mo- amount of realtors in like one city it's ridiculous oh wow yeah he was telling me like how many times he gets like yelled at or told no oh, or door yeah. slammed in his face or and he was like he was like but after about like you know the fifth hundred 500th one i was like you know what fuck it <laughs> yeah. he was like he was like now it's just like i'm used to it you know smiling Dude, I, go, I go about it different man uh i really i don't i barely talk to people about a home if i'm calling about a house I, like we don't necessarily talk very much about the house like i have a goal like i'm going to try to make people laugh i'm going to try to learn something about somebody uh you know i want to know why you want to sell the home more than i want to know anything about the home uh, because once I know why, like this may sound rude to people or whatever, but uh, like they call them pain points in selling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to look for your pain points. And then uh, once I find the wound, I'm looking to like twist the knife and I'm looking to pour salt in it and like really open it up and let's get to the bottom of this. But then, hey, you know what? Here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can sol- help you solve your problem. You know, wouldn't it be nice to have like 40 grand to where you could take your little family on a vacation or, or, you know, you could pay off those bills that you've got on the other side over here that, you know, have been killing you because of this house. So, you know, it's kind of a psychological thing, but you know, it's part of it. Yeah. That's how it works. I mean, I mean, it's fun. It's like a game. I feel like it's like, 
I dress it like sports. Honestly, like I, I treat it like sports. What brings you like the most adrenaline? Like, is it when you close or? Yeah. 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 So those of you, um, eventually we'll get this podcast on video, but those of you that, uh, that aren't here today, which is none of you guys anyways, um, <laughs> uh, he has a closer sweatshirt on. So is that your merch? Like, Yeah. Merch? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, the block logo with the closer on it. It's on my Instagram. I got a little crappy Etsy page that, uh, you know, I don't know how to do any of that technology. I'm 35 years old. Right, right. I'm old, like in this game. Or <laughs> yeah, like in, in terms of technology, it's very really new. Right, right. Right. So uh, I'm late, and but my wife's pretty decent, so she helps me. You know, that's that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how any of that works, so she helped me do that, and I just came up with the idea for the shirt because everybody like talks about I go to these events or you look online, everybody talking about closer, 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 and they call themselves the closer or they say you know all these different things, but nobody's wearing a shirt that just says closer bright big red across mm-hmm. the chest and i'm like yo that's the first thing i saw when i walked like like i was i was trying to find the building when i was walking i didn't see your face through the window i just saw your shirt that said closer yeah. and i saw it on the instagram so i just waved i was yeah. like hello <laughs> yeah exactly yeah man can't miss it and i've actually worn this to talk to sellers and stuff like i don't mm-hmm. And whoa, set, set the and tone. They'll know they'll be, yeah exactly set the tone of the game so they know what's popping when you walk in the building um so how do you how do you go about, do you ever, what's it called, quote unquote, well, can you explain what driving for dollars is? Driving for dollars is, uh, I mean, I, I'll do it if I'm in an area and I might cruise a block after I went to a house or before I went to a house and just kind of see what, what the neighborhood looks like. But driving for dollars is driving an area, seeing if there's distressed properties that look, I mean, you clearly look, the house yeah, that looks worse obvious. than the rest of them. You, right. know, you might have a gutter <laughs> hanging, uh, you know, male uh, one great one is mail piled up in the mailbox. You know? Is that an actual thing that like you see like well that people see a lot? Because I heard that like I just have never seen a piled up mailbox before. I definitely I see mean, tall ass grass. Yeah, it's probably not a lot. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I mean, it's just a, a telltale sign. They're mm-hmm. Like, hey, maybe somebody recently moved out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, all right, let's. Uh, and there's tons of different uh, apps or things you can look up to find the owner, but you know, basically, I use an app called Deal Machine, and I'll take a picture of the house. And it, well, it's all within the app and then take a picture of the house. It finds the owner. I press a button and it sends them a postcard asking if they want to sell me their house. Boom. Done. It used to be, I would literally drive around with a notebook and write it down and all this and that. And then you're like, uh, got to remind yourself to look these people up, find their phone number, whatever. And then, you know, what contact them. And I'm just like, I wasn't great at like following through with that whole thing. Cause by the time I get to where I'm going, get home, all that stuff, you're you're like done, forgot all about that. Right, right. You know? So it makes it really find what easy. works best for you. Yeah, yeah. I heard about um, like there's like so many ways I've been seeing that you can like find like you know the owners of homes and stuff like that. And yesterday it was funny because I was watching like a Kansas video. City, Missouri. You can literally find it. Missouri's all public info, so you can find anything you want on anybody. You guys hear Pretty that? Much. Do you guys hear that? Look, all right, so. We also asked the question, is it possible to get into real estate without any money or with a very small amount of money? So, and you said that you had a very small amount or none. So how did, how exactly I had did no you- extra money. My wife was pregnant. Um, I literally would just spend all my extra time calling uh, Craigslist for sale by owner. That's it. That's literally what I did. Um, and it took probably three or four months. I might have sent out like one batch of like postcards. They call it direct mail mm-hmm. um, to like 500 people. It probably cost me 300 bucks, 250, 300 bucks, 
which is dude, that's not a that's yeah, not very so much at all. That's like, not very much at if all. If I were gonna do it right now, it'd probably be like fifteen thousand mm-hmm. postcards. But um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, what was I saying? Um, oh, I was calling these uh, Craigslist for sale by owners, right? And like, th- those are actually pretty good leads back then. You know, they're motivated. But the thing was, is it's so competitive. Like, it was like you're like you got to be on it. You got to right. hit them quick and get out there quick. So I was going out to all these like really crappy freaking uh, houses in like rough, rough areas and just there's no, no really value in the house. Like after it's fixed up, there's, you know, Oh, you have the house for like six grand or 10 or 10, 12 grand, but the house is worth 25 if it's cleaned up. And you're like, uh, you know, I went to so many of those and it just got brutal, you know, finally. And it was in a, a real crappy spot at Northeast. You know, I don't even remember the, the actual street name, but uh, got a hold of somebody. The girl was moving to Alaska in like a week. Right. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. And uh, this house, I got it for like, she wanted like 10 grand and I ended up getting it for seven. Um, and then I found a buyer for nine, I think, or 95. Well, uh, before the house closed, this girl's ex-girlfriend came in and just, they stole the water heater and, and messed up some stuff. So I called her back. We got it dropped to like four grand. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they come in again, like a few days later and just, just tear stuff up we ended up getting this house which man i'm like this is never gonna like this is just terrible you know like this isn't gonna work this is just crap we ended up getting the house for 700 dollars. uh we i think we sold it for 2900 bucks me and my partner split the 2200 you know so i got 1100 bucks and man that was like the best day of my life i mean you couldn't tell me nothing I mean, I made good money on my job, but mm-hmm. nobody had ever given me eleven hundred dollars. Like, right. just like, yeah, hey, here, here, right. All you did was like call this lady, and then, you know, my partner Be sold consistent. it. Right. That's it. And then it was like, okay. And then the next one, I think I made three grand, and then you know, it just kind of went from there. And then I was able to start investing in the direct mail. That was my favorite thing for a long time. Um, but yeah, the, I always tell people when you're new and any like this kind of stuff call the free app, call the free leads because you're going to suck. Like you're going to be really bad at it. You're going to be bad on the phone. You're not going to know what to say. They're going to ask you questions. You're going to be like, Oh, you know, and so don't waste your money on expensive leads Mm -hmm. when you don't know how to talk to them. You don't know how to see it through. So, you know, find some mentorship, but, but call the free stuff, do, you know, contact free leads, do things the cheap, you know, cheaper way so that you can hone your skills, get better. Think of it as like practice. I think of every single call, every single appointment and anything like that as practice. Training camp. Training camp, man. Training camp. Always. Like you may not, like I'll, I'll sit sometimes, it may not even be like a great lead or whatever, but I'll, I'm trying to build rapport or whatever because it might turn into a great lead later. Mm-hmm. Over time. And then also I was like, maybe, I don't, I don't exactly know how it works in real estate, but just in general, like the, 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 power of building like a relationship with somebody is like can lead to many things down the down the road and it may maybe that they're that that deal that you're doing with them may not have been a huge deal but somehow their second cousin or something two years later has some big deal and they hit you up because they remember you it might be that girl from alaska calls you three years later yeah and it's like my grandma's still there she needs to sell her house mm -hmm. so i kind of want to tap into that a little bit more what do you think uh like what role i mean what role do you think building relationships 
plays? Like how strong of a role does that play in real estate? It's everything. I mean, any business, even if you're in a corporate industry, relationships are everything. Who do we see climb and get the promotions first? It's the guy who's got relationships with the boss. Mm -hmm. People bitch about it all the time, but it's like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault that their daddy or whoever, or even them, it's not their fault that they kiss butt or whatever. Like it's good for them. You know, it's relationships is everything. It's, and if you don't have positive ones and you're not, you're doing something wrong, you know, like you hear people say your network is your net worth all the time. Like I don't have real, a bunch of friends I hang out with or anything like that, but I do have a lot of people that I could reach out to about almost anything, you know, and find help or find an answer for something I'm looking for. And where do you, where do you, for those people who really don't like to use their brain, where can people find people to network with? So, How can people find? So people? personally, um, Man, for me, Instagram was a great tool, um, but it really jumped off when I started investing in myself and going to these events. Uh, you can find local events, though. You can find local meetups. You can find local. I used to go to like every single entrepreneur or real estate based meetup you could find every single one, man, because you just don't know. Now, most of I, I don't I can't say a whole bunch of stuff. I did find buyers and things like that. But, um, you know, I. I it's just a great way to like get around people that are after the same stuff as you, you know, like people with positive outlooks, people chasing the same dream, the same goals. Like maybe they are further along than you and, and they can kind of steer you in a direction. Maybe you're further along with them and then you can steer them in a direction. You know what I mean? It's, but you just don't know. There's always, there's something to learn from literally every person. Like you're better than me at something. I'm better than you at something. Like the guy over at McDonald's, this we think is a bum. Yeah. He's better than me at something. For sure. No you doubt. Know? Right. He may be stupid mm -hmm. or whatever, but I could learn from him somehow. Facts. About barter. Like I always talk about bartering information. It's like like one thing that it may not sound super powerful, but one thing that like one of my big homies when I was in LA shared with me is like I was trying to get into like videography. Again, I'm trying trying to dabble in everything. You're looking so, you're fishing. Yeah, man. I'm fishing. So he, he told me, he was like, he was like, look, go to this business. He was like, tell them this is your price. And if they say, if they say, no, they're not going to pay you or that they can't pay you, then try to barter something in return. So if you're going to like a restaurant and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't pay you. Then like, all right, well then you can refer me to your five closest business partners mm -hmm. that might need the same, like, you know, that's multi-level marketing right there. And just like do something like you have to barter some way somehow. And yes, it's okay to do things for free at the very beginning, just to build relationships and learn how to do things. But at the end of the day, you got to, for sure. Got to, it's an exchange, exchange world. If you want to learn something though, like, you know, I, I would say that like just randomly messaging people on, uh, social media and saying things like, Hey, can I take you out to coffee and, uh, you know, pick your brain? Well, I don't like coffee. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Like, I don't <laughs> like coffee. I drink energy drinks. So that's funny because, uh, like, I'm so sorry to interrupt. And the funny thing is like right now, one of the big things the past like year I've been focused on is real estate. Like, how can I get into this? How I learn about it. So, and then I, un like not planning, moved back to Kansas city. And then I was like in a little depression funk cause I didn't want to come back. And I was like, all right, you know what? Let me just hit people up. Nobody was responding. So I was like, all right, well, I already have a podcast. I like talking. Let me leverage this. Yeah. So then I was like, bring, all right, I have a podcast. Can I bring you like on interview to share like your story or something like that, which I'm really interested. It is true. I really am interested in their story, but it also gives like me a chance to talk with them. And I'm learning from this podcast. Not only are the people who end up listening to this learning, I'm also learning. Well, and you're creating and, a network. Every person you exactly. 
talk to, every person you interview, now you're a connector and you can link people together. And when you can link people together, I mean, that's just valuable. Valuable. And if you provide value, duh. Valuable, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you go into, let's say, let's say you uh, get a call from somebody, they're trying to sell their house um, and they want you to come check it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. You show it to the property. What are some things you're looking for to decide if it's worth, you know, spending time on? Um, well, like, first off, I, I try to get as much information, like as far as the, I don't. So I have uh, what's called virtual assistants and uh, they're in the Philippines and they get like the basics condition of the house. They're going through like, okay, what is, how, how long has the HVAC been since it's been replaced or how old is the roof? Uh, okay. What's the condition of the flooring? Is it carpet? Is it hardwood? Is it tile? Whatever. Uh, what about the windows? You know, have those been replaced anytime soon? You know, whatever paint, everything, cabinets. And then, so by the time it gets to me, it's kind of qualified. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I'll just try to see, okay, is the house in that kind of condition or is it maybe a little worse than they're saying? It's usually worse than they're saying, but cause nobody wants to like tell you right, all the terrible no, things. Well, nobody right. wants to tell you like, Hey, my life sucks. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But, uh, but you know, I'll go there and what I'm looking for is like things that I can like point at. I don't, I don't really like spend a whole lot of time pointing out negatives to people. I really don't because it just shuts people down. It really does, man. Like if I just, I I, I joke around with them. I try to, you know, if they're football fans, I'll see if they have something on that I can ask a question about, or maybe if their area code was different and we touched on it, I'll I'll just ask questions about maybe where they're from. And I I honestly, like try to get, I just, it's the appointment is a, a rapport building situation like everything i do basically is going to be building rapport and then uh once we're good and like once we're in and i'm like so you wanted you know eighty thousand, right and the house is worth 120 fixed up something like that and i'm like you know i was under the impression that maybe this stuff was you know like this and you know come to find out it's really not you know and i understand why maybe that works for you we under operate under uh different standards and that's fine you know but uh here's the deal is that the best you can do and and they people are never going to tell you what the best they can do is up front you know they're just not and they may be hesitant uh and then you know after i you know they'll either say yeah i can do 75 right whatever and then i will uh then hit them with a pretty lower offer and try to kind (gasps) of Mm-hmm. shock them a little bit and then they'll usually say well i mean maybe i could do like 68 or well is that the best you can do and it's just kind of like a you know i try to do it in a non-offensive way to kind of get their mind thinking like man is that the best i can do maybe i could do better you know i don't really put too much into the uh pointing out everything that's wrong with the house though because it's just it's a waste of time, man. Right. Like they they have eyes. Right. Yeah. They don't they don't need you to re retell them. That's that's a very good point. I think that's also like a good way of like not only in real estate, just coming at things in general, like in in our friendship or something like that. You're telling it your friend, and they're like, "Yo, why don't you hang out with me anymore?" And you don't need to be like, "Well, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that," because people know what they do and what they haven't done. You just kind of share a little bit, little boom, yeah. pop something. I'm then, busy. Yeah, exactly. And then you keep it and then they'll either adjust or they won't. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The same thing, you know, is that the best you can do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all, but I'm definitely enjoying this podcast. Just wanted to drop back in to say one more time, if you're enjoying this podcast, please like, 
comment, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, as that is the only way this podcast can grow. Um, so thank you guys again for listening. Just wanted to let y'all know that I love y'all. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, boss? Um, so how can someone – that's not how I wanted to say that. What is like? What are great resources for somebody who hasn't like heard about – how to get into real estate, like a lot, they don't have anybody in their network and their friends that do real estate. So what, what are some good resources for somebody that's new to it to tap into? Podcasts. Um, I mean, there's so many books, there's so many books, uh, there's podcasts, there's YouTube. I mean, this is, we're, we have like the easiest, we don't have to use encyclopedias. We don't have to like y'all, your generation don't even know. Like when I was in school, you had to know that damn index crap when you go to the library. Like mm. you filter through all that. You don't yeah. have to know that at all. Like all you right. can literally Google, Google everything. Yeah. Like there is no excuse anymore. Like you can find any podcast. I have uh, you know podcasts, audio books. Like oh, I don't like to read. Cool. Put headphones on. Mm-hmm. You know whatever. But I mean, there's just so many ways. There's uh, countless podcasts out there. What's your, what would be your number one podcast you'd suggest? Right now, if you're looking for wholesaling, I mean, there's a, a guy named Steve Trang in Phoenix. It's called Real Estate Disruptors. It's, he's, he's awesome. Uh, really great guy. His, his whole goal is to help a hundred people become millionaires through real estate. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not a, like a paid pot. He doesn't have any sponsors or anything like just that. Talks just, unless you're not well, he has guests on man. He has the highest level of the highest level of people. And it's, it's like it's pretty cool because they're all willing to go on and show out, and it's pretty neat. Um, that one, uh, the 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 OG podcast would be uh, Bigger Pockets. That's that covers on, ev- right. that covers everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, every kind of investing ever. They have their their network on the internet is is pretty big, and you can find anything you want to real estate related. Um, if you really just want to know the power of real estate, I would say like the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. That book changed it. That uh, and you'll hear Robert, that Robert Ki- Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. I yeah. mean, you'll hear it on any real estate when they ask, like, "What was the book that got you into real estate?" More often than not, it's that one. I mean, it was the. I think the, when I started changing my life uh, after I met with that realtor, I read that and I read a book called uh, "Total Money Makeover" by Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just kind of started to uh, try to build a, a foundation of education that I chose not to for so long for so many years. And man, like it, it kind of blew my mind. Like the fact that nobody tells you, you can have like 50 houses. Nobody tells you that at all. Even your, and, and, and it's not even like they're trying to disrespect you or hold you down at the end of the day. Even they don't know. They just don't know. But isn't that crazy? Like you What's have this? your whole family yeah. and not a single person will bring this up. And then when you like learn if about you it, bring it up, you better be prepared. They're going to hate oh, on you. Oh, oh my God. Has that not already happened? I have, I have like, I love, I have eight brothers and sisters, but one of my big brothers who I kind of like look up to business wise, cause he's always been like the, you know, he has the kids. He's been the adult of the family, even though he's not the oldest, but he's just been like super professional mature. and mature. And so I like brought it up and he's like, you know, like not in a rude way, but kind of just turned the whole situation around and down and and it's just funny, but it's because you don't understand it, right? Makes uncomfortable. And that's what it is. Everyone needs to understand is like what people don't understand makes them uncomfortable, and what makes someone uncomfortable will help will make them want to like uh, turn it around or, or push it away. So maybe don't always come and share your ideas with everybody. Honestly, I, and I would actually say don't share anything. And uh, 
I actually have a quote from Thinking Grow Rich, like in my notes right now that I'm just going to read really quickly before before we wrap this podcast up, because I think it's important just based off what we just said about how people don't know in your family. And then when you try to share it, they'll, uh, yeah, but let me just read this real quick because I think it'll be powerful for y'all. Um, let's see. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. Um, if you talk about your plans too freely, you may be surprised when you learn that some other person has beaten you to your goal by putting into action ahead of you the plans of what you talked on wisely. And if, uh, let's see, close friends and relatives, while not meaning to do so, often handicap one through opinions and sometimes through ridicule, which is meant to be humorous. So just kind of, yeah, man, like people will share their opinions and they might be negative and they don't mean to be negative. They just don't understand it. And when they don't understand it, they, or they'll feel judged. Or they'll feel judged. Like, or, my or, sister's great, but she's takes, you know, she's a she does really well. She's a nurse, but she kind of thought that, oh, I'm making all this money that I was talking bad about what she did, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't, but she took it personal as, you know, I'm saying, oh, you should be doing this. And I'll I'll often like make jokes about people that go to college because right. it is yeah. mainly mainly just because I couldn't or I could have, I just didn't like it. Um and uh, she, she kind of took offense to it. And so you guys kind of be mindful of uh, what you're saying around people because they just don't understand. They don't, I mean, and they shouldn't, they don't need to understand. It's just like, I don't need to see the picture of the dumbbells just because you went to the gym. All that is going to make me do is laugh when I see you six months from now, you still look the same. Facts. You know what I mean? Facts. Just do it. Show up. Yeah. Show out. Let them know that you're about that life when you're about that life. Like you don't even, and you don't even got to let them know. They're going to see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said, I really appreciate your guys' time today. Um, I enjoyed this interview. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Um, Please like, comment, review, as that is the only way we can grow. Um, And with that being said, go ahead and sign them out, Ryan. Well, man, um, whatever it is, you know, not everybody in here is going to want to get into real estate. And I don't mean to knock people with a job either. If you got a job and you're providing that you're still – you know, doing very well. Uh, and there's nothing to be ashamed of at that. And if, and if you aren't fulfilled in your job and you're looking for something more in life, I would say start educating yourself, um, start growing and, you know, start learning, start finding ways to learn and, and take what you're good at. Like we were just talking about briefly, take what you're good at and start putting it to work, start applying it, you know, and start saving your money, start, doing things like that to prepare yourself for when the opportunities come, you can capitalize on it. My grandpa, and I'm sure everybody's heard this, but he always told me uh, luck is preparedness meets opportunity. You know what I mean? And it is. If, if, if a deal comes about that, you know, I actually want to buy, Oh, but you know, I can't say they need 5k right tomorrow. Well, if I'm not prepared, I'm not prepared. And it's, it's not going to work, you know? So uh, Always be prepared. Start preparing yourself for things, educating your mind, growing, reaching out, meeting new people. You know, don't stay stuck. We have a, a very short time on this earth. And, and man, our purpose is, is, you know, to just grow and learn and, and help people and and uh, try to be nice every now and again and do what you can. Leave them with uh, where can they find you? Where can they contact you? <laughs> 
Uh, for people who just want to follow you on social, where can they find you? For people who want to do business, where can they find you? Man, my only social media is Instagram. It's at TRG Homes KC. That's T R G H O M E S K C. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the place to find me. Uh, that's where my my little Etsy store is. I, I got some plans for that coming. Uh, so hopefully, you know, there'll be a website and stuff. But uh, that's where I am. And uh, yeah, if you got any questions, reach out to me on there. I'd be more than willing to help anybody any way I can. You know, just don't keep asking me the same question over and over again. Facts. Facts. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tapping into the Culture Talks. All of that information will be in the description. Thank you. Peace out and have a blessed remainder to your week. Salud.